for another episode of Chew the Bible. It's your good friend A.A. Ron. And it is September 26, 2021. Hope y'all had an amazing day. My day print went pretty well. Overall, made it to service this morning. It was a great sermon. Uh, I'm talking about shepherding, how we get to be shepherded by Jesus Christ. He is the great shepherd. And then we also, it's our job to shepherd others, other Christians. And God has given each and, us, each and every one of us a flock to look over and just how shepherding is a dirty job. Sheep stink probably worse than pigs, apparently. I've never done that, but apparently yeah, they stink, they wander. And uh, yeah, and then the pastor gave a good analogy about him back in his hometown, small town of Iowa, people would get stuck in ditches. Their vehicles, you know, when it would rain, it would get stuck, slide off the road. And when you ha- when people would call you to ha- ask, they would ask you to help them get out the ditch. You knew you were signed up to do a dirty job, and the, all the mud would fly in your face, pushing people out the car out of the ditch, because they didn't have. Sometimes they wouldn't have a tow truck, so you had to push cars out. But anyway. Or, yeah, all the different ways they they had to use different things to get people out of ditches. It was a dirty job. And just how comparing that to there's people out here who either have never had a relationship with Jesus Christ. They know of him, but they've never given their life over to him. And they're in a ditch. They just don't know it. Um, Now, it's not our job to go, hey, (laughs) Um, you know, judging people's lives and let the Holy Spirit lead you on that and to pray for a lot of these folks and then give you the word to say if 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 you're supposed to say something. I've learned it's so much easier to just live like a Christian and then the Holy Spirit, it's amazing how people just come to you with questions because they've been watching your life. And to see if you're for real about this. And um, I've learned that just in my, like in evangelism, evangelizing, the best evangelist I can be is just being in the hands of feeding Jesus, for Jesus. And then when people have, are ready to ask a question, like I have an answer for why I have hope, I still have joy, despite all the, all these other things going on around here that should cause me not to have joy. But anyway, yeah, there's people out here and ditches don't know it. And then there's some of us who I've been there before where you just wander off the path. And uh, yeah, when I was out in California, it's amazing. There was this guy, what was his name? He had a name similar to somebody in my family. What was it? I really wish I remember that man's name. Anyway, really nice guy. I was just living like a homeless person out there. And I was in um, Panera Bread. I used to go there early in the morning when they would open. After I leave, I was sleeping in the gym. And I would go to the Panera Bread at like 6 a.m. when they open. And I would just have a little breakfast and just sit <laughs> and write and read. I don't know what I was doing. I was just living a weird life before I started working at Cheesecake Factory. Anyway, I was lost. And, uh, yeah, he just 
came up to me and started talking to me and encouraging me and then invited me to his church. And uh, I gave him a copy of, I somehow had copies of my books, extra ones. I don't know how I got these, but anyway, gave him one of my books. And uh, yeah, at the time it was Job Jumper Journeys, not John, now it's called Jump. But anyway, yes, that Wayne, there we go. His name, first name was Wayne. Yes, yes, like my brother. Yeah, my, my brother's middle name is Wayne. Yeah, anyway, I was lost. And he was like a shepherd for me in that moment. He brought me back. Now, some more craziness happened in between then and there. That whole me coming back to Kansas City. But that's a whole another story for another day. Check out my book. Um, what is it called? I don't even know the name of it. Chinatown. There you go. I talk about a lot of this stuff in Chinatown. But, yeah. My main point is people are lost out here. And... God has sent us out to be shepherds to bring people back in in whatever unique way he uses you to do that. So not all the way. All of us have a different style of shepherding and it's between you and the Holy Spirit to um, figure that out. So. All right, we are in. Hope what I just said made sense. So. All right, we are in second Samuel chapter five. And uh, what's going on? I I I, I got to be real with y'all. When I recorded Second Samuel chapter four, I was at that I was at that uh, park with the fountain, and the wind was blowing, and the cars were passing by, and the flowers were distracting me, and the bees, and the butterflies, and just all the stimulus. And so I was really reading Second Samuel chapter four, but I really didn't know what was going on. All I know is Ishbosheth was assassinated, and it was yeah some craziness going on. So I encourage y'all to go back and read Second Samuel chapter four. I eventually, I'm probably just gonna do like a podcast dump, and one day just um dump all the episodes on on um yeah load them all up I just get them all caught up till current because I really want to listen to that episode now I'm like super behind on loading like episodes so anyway alright so we're in second Samuel chapter 5 Let's let's go ahead and land this plane, Aaron, because, yeah, I got to get up early again. So David, king of Israel, all the tribes of Israel came to David. Let's get this a little closer. All the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron and said, here we are, your own flesh and blood. Even while Saul was king over us, you were the one who led us out to battle, who led us out to battle and brought us back. The Lord also said to you, you will shepherd my people, Israel, and you will be ruler over Israel. Oh, yes, that came up today as a scripture about how David was a good shepherd and he led the people with a skilled, skillful hands. Sorry, I feel like I need to sneeze. I spilled a couple of Cheerios behind <coughs> behind the stove. So I had to pull that joker out, sweep, sweep out little crumbs 
and there was other crimes. There was a bunch of dust back there, and ah, I feel like I breathed it all in. Anyway, so if I sneeze in the middle of this episode, that's why. Good old honey nut Cheerios spilling everywhere. Alright, you will shepherd my people Israel and you will be ruler over Israel. So all the elders of Israel came to the king at Hebron. King David made a covenant with them at Hebron in the Lord's presence and they anointed David king over Israel. David was 30 years old when he began his reign. Only 30 years old. He's young. He reigned 40 years in Hebron. He reigned over Judah seven years and six months. And in Jerusalem, he reigned 30 years over all Israel and Judah. That's kind of confusing. All those different numbers. But at some point, I'll dive deeper into that. The king and his men marched to Jerusalem against the Jebusites who inhabited the land. The Jebusites had said to David, you will never get in here. Even the blind and lame can repel you thinking David can't get in here. Mm. Yet David did capture the stronghold of Zion. That is the city of David. He said he said that day, whoever attacks the Jebusites must go through the water shaft to reach the lame and the blind who are despised by David. For this reason, it is said, the blind and the lame will never enter the house. This is interesting what they are talking about. Or temple or palace. And that's like the first thing. When the, that's what Jesus did most of while he was on earth. He was healing the blind and the lame. David took up residence in the stronghold, which he named the city of David. He built it up all the way around from the supporting terraces inward. From the outside, all the way around from the supporting terraces inward. And he started the outside, then inward. David became more and more powerful. And the Lord of Armies was with him. King Haram of Tyre sent envoys to David. He also sent cedar logs, carpenters, and stonemasons. And they built a palace for David. Then David knew that the Lord had established him as king over Israel and had exalted his kingdom for the sake of his people Israel. After he arrived from Hebron, David took more concubines and wives from Jerusalem and more sons and daughters were born to him. These are the names of those born to him in Jerusalem. Shemua. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. This is where it gets interesting. I need, I need to have my focus hat on for this. After he arrived from Hebron, David took more concubines and wives from Jerusalem and more sons and daughters were born to him. These are the names of those born to him in Jerusalem. Shemua, Shobab, Nathan, Solomon. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I thought... He has Solomon with Bathsheba. What? Hold on a second. I I need to know this. Hold on. Solomon. Yeah, so he had a... Oh, wow. Okay. So he has more than one son named Solomon. I did not know that. There 
were two Solomons. Our Ibhar, I wonder how the first Solomon felt. Interesting. Ibhar, Elishua, Nepheg, Jephiah, Elishama, Eliada, and Eliphalet. When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, they all went in search of David, but he heard about it and went down to the stronghold. So the Philistines came and spread out in the valley of Rephim. Then David inquired of the Lord, should I attack the Philistines? Will you hand them over to me? There you go. Good job, David. He's always asking God before he makes moves, major decisions. The Lord replied to David, attack, for I certainly, I will certainly hand the Philistines over to you. So David went to Baal or Baal Parazim and defeated them and defeated them, them there and said, like a bursting flood, the Lord has burst out against my enemies before me. Therefore, he named that place the Lord burst out. The Philistines abandoned their idols there, and David and his men carried them off. The Philistines came up again and spread out in the valley of Rephim. So David inquired of the Lord, and he answered, Do not attack directly, but circle around behind them and come at them opposite the balsam trees. When you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the balsam trees, act decisively, for then the Lord will have gone out ahead of you to strike down the army of the Philistines. So David did exactly as the Lord commanded him, and he struck down the Philistines all the way from Geba to Gezer. I'm just going to take a moment right now to just repent. Lord, I repent for every way I have acted without consulting you, and just because I didn't hear anything. And I just went ahead and did what I wanted to do. Lord, help. Yeah, I thank for grace for even when I have made decisions without consulting you, God, or opposite of what I felt like you were trying to tell me to do. So I just pray you redeem it, you restore it. And for those out there right now who have major decisions to make and they're struggling to hear from you and they need direction and clarity, I pray, God, that you would send them divine appointments, uh, pastors, leaders, counselors, random people on the street, <laughs> use them, whatever, God. Just, yeah, but preferably somebody with wisdom and experience that can speak into their lives and just confirm, Lord, which way they should go. Uh, just give them peace on, on their decision-making, Lord. I, I know I'm someone who struggles. I sit on the fence a lot about a lot of different things, and sometimes it's hard for me to discern between my flesh the devil and yeah, your Holy Spirit is speaking to me. So I pray that within for the rest of our lives, it'd be very clear, God, even if there's silence or there'll be peace on that silence, Lord, and we would know to not move or not to do anything about that particular thing that we're waiting on clarity on what we should do. Anyway, God, I just pray that we would just be people that engage you and pray to you and call out to you and invite you into all of our battles and all of our our day-to-day -day circumstances, Lord, just like David did. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. thought that was important. All right, so let's go ahead and read these Tony Evans notes and close it out with um, Romans Road. So, 
That they were all flesh and blood means they were members of the 12 tribes of Israel. Descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Previously, the men of Judah, David's own tribe, had anointed him king. But now all the elders came of Israel, elders of Israel came to Hebron and anointed David king over Israel. Through all the twists and turns of the years leading up to this event, David had trusted the Lord and waited on his perfect timing. His willingness to obtain God's purpose for him in God's way is a model to follow. Amen to that. The Davidic dynasty had begun, and though and through it, the son of David, the Messiah, would one day come. David set out to conquer a new capital. In time, his choice would become the place of God's temple, since it would be a capital city for a united Israel that was past the hostility hostility of the civil war between Saul's house and David's. It would be it would need to be in neutral territory. So David selected a city on the border of the lands of Benjamin and Judah, the tribes of Saul and David. The Jebusites, one of the Canaanite peoples, didn't think much of Israel's new ruler. In fact, they felt so secure in their mountain stronghold of Jer- Jerusalem, formerly Jebus that they claimed the blind and lame among their people could repel David's troops. As a joke, the city was easily defensible on three sides, an important feature in the ancient world. According to 1 Chronicles 11.6, Joab found the access and was given the command of David's army. Tremendous earthly strength is useless unless heaven is on your side. David was powerful because the heavenly armies were fighting for him, as he would soon learn. Yes, Lord, I need your heavenly armies to fight for me. I got a lot of battles going on. Some foreign powers didn't take kindly to the new king. The Philistines, from whom David had battled and deceived for years, were determined to bring him down but the lord vowed to hand them over to david in other words god himself will lead the armies of heaven in the charge against david's enemies yes 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 i'm gonna say one more prayer before you get on romans your lord i pray in the name of jesus lord for those all of us lord who have a personal relationship with you lord we're in your family lord we're members of your kingdom we're ambassadors here on this earth lord and um, I just pray that sometimes it's easy to forget, Lord, that you are on the throne, that you are in control, that you see us in our circumstances, in our wilderness. I pray that we would stop trying to fight things in the physical realm and go to our knees in prayer, Lord, in intercession, Lord, that and know that the battle's already won, that you go before us and give us peace for those of us that are anxious about whatever it is fill in the blank I know I have a lot of things I could put in that blank but you know them personally guys so there's no need for me to even say them right now on this podcast people who've been listening for a while already know so but yes God thank you Father thank you Father that you already have you fight our battles even when it seems like you were just sitting on the sideline chilling eating barbecue ribs and pickles and chips, whatever you be over there doing, God. Anyway, sometimes it seems like you just, just like me right now, sitting back with your feet kicked up. But God, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you're the Lord of armies, that there's more angels 
on our side, then there are demonic forces on, on the side opposing us. So thank you for that. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. All right. Now let's hop on this Romans road. Romans 3. I got to grab my sheet because I try to go off. Even though I've read this multiple times and I know these scriptures. For some reason, like when I'm trying to just say it off the top of the dome, I start fumbling. It's a confidence thing, I guess. I don't know. I'll just see yeah, it. Whatever. All right. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned or missed the mark or veered off the path. Um, and falling short of the glory of God. Romans 6, 23 says, for the wages of the cost of sin are veering off the path is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5, 8 says that God demonstrated or showed his love toward us and that while we were still sinners, did one have anything to do with him, he chose to die for us on the cross. And then Romans ten thirteen says, For whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord, the Lord, they will be saved. And lastly, Romans ten, nine through ten says that if we will confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus Christ rose from the grave, we will be saved. For with our heart we believe that we are now righteous, and with our mouth we confess out loud that we are now saved, and we can cry out to you, God, as Abba the Father. So Lord, I pray for those who don't know you, I pray they would just simply say, Dear Lord, God, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin deserves to be punished, that I deserve to be the one that hung. I deserved to be the one who hung up on that cross, not you, Jesus. I, from this day forward, I make you the Lord, and, and I recognize you as the Savior of my life. I thank you, Lord, that uh, I can now turn from my evil ways and, and trust you to walk blamelessly before you, meaning that uh, I'm not perfect, but I I identify with you that was the only man to be perfect. And that same man lives on the inside of me. The Holy Spirit now lives and resides on the inside of me. He's a helper. They're a helper to lead me and guide me. And uh, from this day forward, I just thank you that you are the Lord of my life, in Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Sometimes I realize like my prayer has gone a little long, and like if somebody is repeating that prayer, they're like, "That's a lot of words." So anyway, as long as you just say it from the heart and you just get those basics down, saying, "Hey, God, I'm a sinner. I repent. Come into my heart, change me, make me a new person. I want to be born again." And let go of my old self and now put on this new self, this new identity, this new jersey, this new Laker slash Milwaukee Bucks jersey. Y'all remember them jerseys uh, for a while? I don't know if they still make them, but they were like the uh, half and half jerseys where it would like be two teams on it. They need to bring those back. That was pretty cool. I would get a Cardinals and a Royal, a baseball one. One that's uh, yeah, Cardinals on one side and Royals on the other. Cause I, I I root for both teams now that I live now I live in KC and both of them. I don't know how the Royals are doing lately. I know the Cardinals are playing well. They always play well when it comes around playoff time. They like they'll always coast to the season like average, and then all of a sudden near the playoffs, and in the playoffs they just have this another other gear that they turn on. It's like they save all their energy, their good playing, for the end of the year. So. 
anyway. But where is I going with that? Oh, yeah, you put on a new jersey. You play for a new team. You don't play for Satan's team. You only play for J-G-O-D's team. Jesus, J-E-S-U-S. So, welcome to the team. No tryouts necessary. No cut policy. For those that try to say uh, there's going to be a group of folks that try to say that there's no such thing as one saved, always saved. That's baloney. I can pull out a bunch of scriptures that show that once you accept him into your heart, you are officially saved. Nothing can separate you from his love. He will always be in his family. And, um, yeah, nothing you can do will separate you from him. Now, yeah, you can make some bad choices that have some bad consequences and prevent you from walking in the destiny and divine purpose that he has for you. But from this day forward, you are now eternally saved. You will spend your eternity in heaven. So anyway, I look forward to getting to the New Testament and pointing those scriptures out. Because anytime somebody tries to pull out that crap about there's no such thing as once saved, always saved. It's like, whoa. Can Jesus die on the cross more than once? Like, what was the point of him dying? Now, the one biggest question people have is like, well, um, did you really mean it? And did that person really mean it? If they like, there's no fruit from their salvation, it's like, hey, that's between them and God. But if they've accepted Jesus into their heart, you best believe and they sincerely meant it. That's between them and God to determine what sincerity, what their sincerity was. God is not going to let them go <laughs> until they check up out of here. They may act like a straight up heathen to the time they die before they die. But they are, there's going to be a confidence in them. God will let them know. God has a way of, yeah, he said, even says my sheep know my voice. So. Yeah, that came up in church today, too, like how the pastor was talking about he used to do that with his kids. He would just call out one of their names and they would recognize their dad's voice, just like I recognize my dad's voice. My kids recognize my voice. God has a way of getting his children's attention in like a unique way. So anyway, I look forward to talking about that some more later like recognizing the voice of God. So anyway, that'll be a cool discussion with somebody to have for another time. Anyway, I've rambled on enough. Have a good night. Talk to y'all later.